With your Amex card, entertainment benefits like special ticket access and pre-sales to select can't-miss events while supplies last, make every tap music to your ears. This episode brought to you by 20th Century Studios' Kingdom of the Planet of the Apes. Director Wes Ball breathes new life into the epic franchise. As a ruthless king attempts to build his empire at the expense of the remaining human race, a young ape begins a journey to fight for a future for apes and humans alike. Kingdom of the Planet of the Apes. Enter the kingdom in IMAX, now playing, and theaters everywhere. Get tickets now. 56% of job seekers say the biggest challenge is finding a job that matches their qualifications. This according to an Express Employment Professionals Harris Poll survey. The job search can be lonely, but Express Employment Professionals can be your one connection to finding that job that fits you. Each year, hundreds of thousands of people find work through their local Express office. Find the location nearest you at ExpressPros.com. No fees for somebody seeking a job. Visit ExpressPros.com. You are listening to The Dan Patrick Show on Fox Sports Radio. It's hour two on this Wednesday. Dan and the Danettes, Dan Patrick Show. We'll take you out to the Combine. What are the Bears going to do? What's their GM really saying? Do they like Justin Fields? Do they love Justin Fields? Or is it all a smokescreen? Have that for you coming up. Also, the NFL, as the NFL likes to do, it's going to toy with some things in the offseason. I believe that the fumble the ball into the end zone, through the end zone, that's not going to be changed this upcoming season. From what I was told, the uh, issue was dead. And I went, dead? Yeah, so if you fumble the ball, let's say you're going for a touchdown, you put your arm out, ball goes through the end zone, see ya. Tough luck for you. 877-3DP-SHOW. Email address is dp at danpatrick.com. Whoa, I just saw this. Marvin has his own T-shirt, yet another one. The first prince of Dan Air. <laughs> Man, thank you. Things can be getting better. Yes. Who has it better than you do? No, no, no one I know. Nobody. Nobody. Yeah, I just saw it. It's brand new. The first Prince of Dan's Air. And it's available at danpatrick.com. I like that with the fresh prince. Okay. Yeah. Well, from uh, Marvin's big article in Yukon Magazine. We're, we're taking from that sort of to celebrate. Oh, the, uh, oh okay. Big moment. Yeah. 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 Marvin featured prominently in the uh, Yukon Huskies magazine. I mean, I wasn't on the cover, but I mean, I'll take the article. Yeah. yeah. Oh, already complaining. Yeah. Has Paige Becker's been in that? I don't think so. Has Danny Hurley been in that? I don't even know who that is. <laughs> yes, you do. You're Mr. Husky. <laughs> Mr. Husky. Yeah. Let's go. Yeah. Who's got more? So Todd's Bronco gear or your Husky gear? I haven't seen Todd's closet, and I don't want to, but I would think that we have we have some things that have been there for a long, long, long time. And he's a lot older than you, so I'm guessing Todd has more Bronco gear than you have UConn Husky. Probably, and there's some stuff from when I was a kid that I still have saved, and obviously I can't wear it. Hmm. How come you can't wear it? Because it was like a, a boy's medium. Oh, okay. okay. That 1996 Big East Championship T-shirt that I have, I just can't wear it anymore. <laughs> Stat of the day brought to you by Panini America, the official trading cards of the Dan Patrick Show. Caitlin Clark tries to uh, claim another scoring record. Find out tonight. Iowa faces Minnesota 9 Eastern exclusively on Peacock. 
which is where you can find this program. Lynette Woodard is not getting the credit she deserves. I know this isn't a big deal, but it is to me. Having met Lynette, she played at Kansas. She played for the Globetrotters. And when she was scoring and setting the all-time record in women's college basketball, it wasn't known as the NCAA at the time. She, that, to me, is an oversight, and uh, she should be recognized because she was a wonderful player. And the fact that we're going to celebrate Caitlin Clark, that's fine. You want to celebrate her passing, passing Pete Maravich, that's fine as well. But Caitlin Clark should be celebrated for what she's done with the NCAA and women's college basketball, basketball in general. But let's not forget the others here. A lot of times what happens is when you're going to break a record, we sometimes bring back that person's name that you haven't heard in a long time. And then you get to celebrate them again. We should be celebrating Lynette Woodard and her all-time record that Caitlin Clark is going to pass. Pete Maravich, what he did, when he did it, how he did it, it's different than anybody who ever played the sport. And given a three-point shot and staying four years, he probably would have had 6,000 career points. He would have averaged over 50 a game with the three-point shot. He played three years, no three-point shot. He's the all-time scoring leader, and Caitlin Clark has less than 100 points to go to surpass Pete Maravich. All right, poll question for hour two is going to be what, Seton O'Connor? Well, Dan, up there for hour one, we've got uh, which quarterback is most likely to be on a new team next season, Justin Fields, Russell Wilson, uh, or Kirk Cousins. All right. right now, uh, Russell's got 57% of the vote, Justin Fields has 33, and uh, Kirk Cousins has 10 10%. So he's pretty... Yeah, I think he's going back to Minnesota. It feels like the Broncos are the ones who have most clearly been like, well, I think we're ready to move on right now. Justin Fields, it's very much up in the air, it feels like. It is. Well, here's the GM of the Bears, Ryan Poles. We're open-minded as we walk into the combine. If it hits me that there's something you know worth capitalizing on or jumping on, that's what we'll do. If something doesn't feel right and we need to gather more information, then, then we'll wait. But again, I'm always going to have in my mind to make sure we do right by Justin. I don't know what that means. You're going to do right by Justin Fields. If you wanted to do right by him, you would keep him and then you would pay him. Uh, I mean, <laughs> right, right. <laughs> we we want to do right by him, or at least give you the public perception that we're doing right by him, while we hold out hope that somebody is going to want to give us a boatload of draft picks for Justin Fields. <laughs> That's really what this comes down to. We you know we want to do right by him. Okay, and then by doing right by him, we mean getting rid of getting him, rid of him. Maybe yeah. lessen the sting. Yeah. A little bit. And then Sean Payton, uh, he's not saying we want to do right by Russell Wilson. It sounds like he's ready to move on from Russell Wilson. And uh, here's what he had to say yesterday. I saw this like humorous meme the other day where there was a Bronco fan with a shirt on and there was like eight quarterbacks names with a cross through it, you know, and, and he's drinking the quarterback Kool-Aid. And I, our job is to make sure that this next one, you know, doesn't have a line through it. Okay. And if you're wondering, it has former Bronco names on the back of a jersey, and they're all crossed out, including Russell Wilson's name being crossed out. So for Sean Payton to say, well, you know, the next one we get, we don't want that name getting crossed out. That doesn't sound like he's going to be keeping Russell Wilson. And it feels like, by all accounts with these mock drafts, if you can trust them at this stage, that they would be interested in J.J. McCarthy from Michigan. 
All righty. The uh, NFL is looking at picking up something from the XFL. The XFL had a model with their kickoffs that the kicker kicking from the 30-yard line, the rest of the kickoff team was on the opposing team's 35-yard line, separated by 10 yards from the receiving team. And, well, let's see, separated from uh, 10 members, I should say. So they're five yards apart. It's at the 35, and you're going to be at your 30, and then there's going to be a kickoff. So apart from the kicker and the returner, none of the other special teamers are allowed to move until the ball is fielded. So the NFL right now, you're at the 35-yard line. That's where everybody's lined up, and then you run down and try to tackle somebody if there happens to be a kickoff, which there wasn't a kickoff return in this year's Super Bowl. But uh, if they're going to approve a rule change, something close to this model, it will take 24 votes by the NFL owners. Okay, I saw it in the XFL. It was interesting. Uh, What do you do if you want to have an onside kick? You're basically saying to the opposition, we're going to have an onside kick because now everybody has to come back and be on the 35-yard line. But maybe we do get some kickoffs here. But as, you know, if you want kickoffs, maybe have the kicker at the 25-yard line and then have a kickoff. They don't want to have these... You know, build up ahead of steam and then have these cataclysmic crashes into each other. That's what they're trying to avoid. So this is basically, you're standing there, uh, he's standing there, and we're going to wait until that, you know, the kick returner fields it. Now we get to go. So you're going to take away probably a 40-yard sprint down the field to run into somebody. Now those collisions, you know, won't be as impactful and devastating. And that's what the NFL is trying to uh, rid the league of, but still, it's the most. It's it used to be the most exciting play in the NFL was the kickoff. Now, like I'm shocked if it doesn't go out of the end zone. Like, what is wrong with you, dude? Yeah, Paulie. For most of our lifetime, I'm looking at the stats: kicks returned per game in the NFL, and for most of our life until 2010, four kicks per game were returned by both teams in the average NFL game. Over the past 12 years, it's gone down to about two kicks per game because of rule changes. Mm-hmm. Last year, it was down to 1.1 kicks per game returned combined from both teams. Lowest by far in NFL history. Yeah. Oh! Ow! Stat of the day! Stat of the day! Stat of the day! Stat of the day! This is the stat of the day! Out of the day, brought to you by Panini America, the official trading cards of this program. By the way, the NFL Combine, we'll talk to Daniel Jeremiah, who's also a draft expert for uh, NFL Network, former front office executive. We'll uh, talk to him about uh, these quarterbacks who aren't working out and what he thinks the Bears are going to do. Also, the uh, 40-yard dash is really important to a lot of teams. Does it really, uh, I guess, turn out? successful NFL players because you can run really fast. And, you know, some of the names, uh, you know, Chris Johnson, uh, he he obviously did, uh, had 2,000-yard season. Uh, remember John Ross? I remember watching him in a game, and I was thinking, there is nobody who can guard that guy. They can't cover him. And he ran the fastest 40-yard dash. I think it was like 4-2-2. Although, 
I think Daryl Green and Joey Galloway and Dion probably would uh, differ with those times there because you might have had somebody go 4-1 something. But uh, 40-yard dash, it just means you can run really fast in a straight line. And football is not about straight lines there. And a lot of these guys, what was it, uh, Dree played for the Steelers? Archer? Archer, out of the MAC. He played at Kent State. That was another guy. I saw him, and I go, who's going to cover him in the NFL? And then he lasted, I think, two seasons. It's rare when you have that guy who's really, really fast and really, really good. So when you watch the 40-yard dash, okay, somebody's going to run fast. I think what's interesting for us is when you see a quarterback who runs something, you know, 4-6, sub 4-6, and then we go, okay. Or you see a tight end, or you see an edge rusher. Those, you know, that's more interesting for me. But they're going to put them through uh, all the workouts, the uh, bench press, uh, vertical jump, the long uh, long jump, the broad jump there. Yes, Paulie? I'm reading an article that in the past few years, the 40 is passe, and the 10-yard split. Hello! Yeah, you're a ten, you've always been a 10-yard split guy. Always. And the 10-yard split is the first 10 yards, meters, of the 40-yard dash. And guys like Tyreek Hill are the all-timers because it shows their quickness off the ball. That's all I care about. What you do, even the first five yards, because that allows you separation. If you're a running back to get to the hole, if you're a lineman to get to the next level, if you're an edge rusher, it's five, you know, those first five yards or ten yards. That's all I care about. And the reason the 40-yard dash even is in existence that we care about it is because of the former coach, the great Paul Brown, because he thought that there was going to be 40 yards between the punt return team and those who were punting. 40 yards. He wanted to know how fast you could run 40 yards to get down the field. And that's how we came up with the emphasis for the 40-yard dash. But it doesn't translate to success. Quickness translates to success. That ability to get off the ball, that to me is what I... You watch Tyreek Hill, you know, when, when we did hard knocks during the season, and I would watch him. I felt bad for the deep. There is no way that you could cover him off the ball. No way. He was going to beat you off the ball every single time. And give me those kind of guys instead of the guy who's a track guy. Yeah, Paul. Last year's NFL Combine, the running backs with the top three 10-yard splits, fastest off the ball. Jameer Gibbs, B. John Robinson, Devon Achan. Yeah. Yeah, and they all had uh, yeah. you know, significant Im- impact here. All right, so that's the new kickoff format. And, uh, look, if it brings more excitement in and it does help, you know, player safety, then great. You know, I do like that, you know, the NFL, they're concerned about player safety, but, boy, they'd love to add that 18th game. <laughs> it's like, yeah, you know, we got to give the uh, impression that we care about your safety, and uh, we're going to cut down on all these uh, massive collisions on a kickoff. But, uh, hey, would you like to play an 18th game? I thought you would. All right, uh, and let's get a couple of phone calls in here. Uh, Mo in Arizona leads us off hour two. Hi, Mo. Morning, Dan Dennett. Uh, still coming off my uh, Super Bowl loss hiatus, but uh, I just had to ask if Marvin said he still has a bunch of stuff from when he was a kid. Can you still fit your Little League gloves? Wow. Wow. Mo with the shot. That's a hand-sized joke with Marvin. Top rope. Yeah. Mo, I thought we were cool. Yeah. But first of all, yes, I can still fit in there. <laughs> 
But that was hurtful. Did you see where they were going to auction off Babe Ruth's uh, glove that he used in 1915? And then they took, I think it's the oldest piece of Babe Ruth memorabilia. And then, I don't know how long before the auction, that they decided that they, now it's autographed. It was autographed twice by Babe Ruth. He even says, this is my glove. And for some reason, they took it off the market there. But that was just recently. Yeah, so can... It's going to end up where, like, Charlie Sheen has it. And you're like, oh, <laughs> never seeing that again. Uh, I wonder if Charlie Sheen has any more of those jerseys. He said he knew he had a problem when, uh, I think it was his coffee table, that there was a Ted Williams autographed jersey or something. Is that right, Paulie? He was in his normal T-shirt drawer. Like, you know, you get your T-shirts, and he's got, like, white T-shirt, blue T-shirt, and a 1941 road Ted Williams jersey was in there. (laughs) Worth, like, 180 grand. That's when you know you got a problem. But he he collected a lot of memorabilia back in the day. Uh, Dan in Toledo. Hi, Dan. What's on your mind? Hey, good morning, Dan and Danettes. How's everybody this morning? Great. Hey, Dan, Dan I have a, a, a kind of an obscure question for you, and then I have, has, has any GM, front office exec for any sport reached, I know that you're friends with a lot of them and you've got great insight. Has anybody reached out to you privately and asked what you think that they should do for their team relative to a draft or a trade? And then obscure question, yeah. does the color of highlighter in your hand mean anything because it keeps changing colors. Uh, I have this tick that I'm always holding the pen. So there's a yellow Sharpie. There's a silver one. I've had a red one. Whatever one is on my desk, then I just end up kind of fiddling with it. Uh, twice it's happened where somebody um, basketball-related asked my thoughts about uh, some players. And um, one actually went with what my opinion was on this player, and one did not. But, yeah, they are just curious. They had seen me where I'd been at a game or two and just were curious and probably did this with a variety of people. It wasn't just me, I'm sure. But, uh, yeah, I, I was uh, honored by it. But just say, what do you see? And then I, would, I gave my opinion. Uh, another guy, well... Yeah, I don't want to get too deep into the weeds. But, uh, yes, it's happened a couple of times, and I appreciated it and gave my opinion. And uh, whether they acted upon it, uh, I'm not quite sure. I never followed up either. I thought that was weird to say, hey, what did you think of my uh, my advice, <laughs> <laughs> my insight? <laughs> uh, uh, you're a talking hairdo, you know. I, I didn't take your advice. Uh, so we'll take a break here. We'll get more phone calls. We'll go out to the combine there. We'll check in with the Chicago Bears coming up next hour as well. I think they already know what they're doing. I think uh, they've already made that decision, and it was a year ago around this time when they made the trade with Carolina. I think that's where we're headed again this year, where they'll be making a move here, and it'll probably the seeds were planted at the combine. So uh, Daniel Jeremiah set to join us coming up next. Take a break. Back after this, Dan Patrick Show. Be sure to catch the live edition of the Dan Patrick Show weekdays at 9 a.m. Eastern, 6 a.m. Pacific on Fox Sports Radio and the iHeartRadio app. Hey, I'm Doug Gottlieb. The podcast is called All Ball. We usually talk all basketball all the time, but it's more about the stories about what made these people love their sport and all the interesting interactions along the way. We talk to coaches. We talk to players. We tell you stories. You download it. You listen to it, I think you'll like it. 
Listen to All Ball with Doug Gottlieb on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. All right, everybody, game off. Let's pause here to talk more about Monopoly Go. I know what you're saying. Flag on the play. You've already talked about that. But there's just so much more good stuff in this game. In Monopoly Go, you can team up with friends for time tournaments where you work together to build up each other's boards. The more you win together, the more awesome prizes you unlock. And there's so much more to get. You can get unique stickers. You could trade with friends to compete uh, albums for big prizes. There's cool new playing pieces to travel the boards with. I was always a uh, battleship guy. You know, you get those pieces like there was the hat, there was the shoe. Oh, same. There was the. I was always a battleship guy or the car. You know what? Too is funny about a battleship. It's one of the only uh, Monopoly pieces that you find that's not just a household item. Wow, you know I haven't even thought about that. Yeah, most people oh, wow. don't have a battleship at home, but you have a car, you have a hat, you have a shoe, you have uh, all those things. Anyway, you could also get hilarious emojis for taunting friends when you smash their buildings or heist their vaults. That's always fun. Plus, Monopoly Go feels new and exciting every day with constantly changing tournaments and challenges. A ton include their own unique mini games like digging for treasure or a robot Pachenko machine. And there's always new timed events that will help you win big, like massive multipliers for everything you win or rent frenzies. There's always something fun to discover in Monopoly Go. So get off the bench and go download it for free right now on Google Play or the App Store. Game on. It is getting that time of the year. It's Miller time. You don't need a watch or a clock to tell you. It's Miller time. Weather gets a little bit warmer. All of a sudden, the beer gets a little colder. It's beer cracking season. It, it, whoa, okay. I don't know if it says that on the calendar. It's a beer that strips away everything you don't need and holds on to what matters the most. It's a light beer that tastes like beer. That's why I reach for a Miller Lite. And it's less filling. Only 96 calories. They've been doing this since 1975. They have perfected it. You know, that summer afternoon, we're coming into that time of the year, be like, oh, man. Crack one? Yes, or two. Don't look at your watch. Don't look at the clock. Don't look at the calendar. You know. Miller Lite, the great taste, less filling, tastes like Miller time. To get Miller Lite delivered right to your door, visit MillerLite.com slash Patrick, or you can pretty much find it anywhere that sells beer. Celebrate responsibly. Miller Brewing Company, Milwaukee, Wisconsin. 96 calories per 12 ounces. Fewer calories, fewer carbs than premium regular beer. Miller Lite. This episode brought to you by 20th Century Studios' Kingdom of the Planet of the Apes. Director Wes Ball breathes new life into the epic franchise set several generations after the last installment in which apes are the dominant species. As a ruthless king attempts to build his empire at the expense of the remaining human race, a young ape will fight for the future of apes and humans alike and embark on a journey that will redefine the planet. Kingdom of the Planet of the Apes. Enter the kingdom in IMAX, now playing, and in theaters everywhere. Get tickets now. John Ross, Chris Johnson, Dre Archer, Jerome Mathis, Tariq Woolen, Marquise Goodwin, Tyrone Calico, Stanford Rout, Jalen Myrick, J.J. Nelson, Jacoby Ford. What do they have in common? They all ran the 40 in 4.2 seconds. Not a lot of success out of that group, but we continue to spend a lot of time talking about the 40-yard dash. Daniel Jeremiah, NFL Network Analyst, Chargers Radio Color Analyst, and uh, his Moving the Sticks podcast with Bucky Brooks and Rhett Lewis, NFL Network providing live coverage from the Combine Thursday through Sunday. Why do we place so much emphasis still in the 40-yard dash? 
Oh, uh, yeah. First of all, Dan, that was like announcing everyone who was not nominated uh, for an Oscar there uh, with that with that list of players. But um, look, it's still to me, uh, it's helpful for thresholds. You know, you want to see guys hit certain thresholds because there's a reason why you have the phrase outliers, like most of the successful players at positions. And that's what I'll try and do during our coverage is frame it with that perspective of most of the players that are successful, the top 10 receivers and receptions. These are what they average ran. This is what they average jumped. And you can kind of just see, okay, is this player that's on the line right now, is he is he kind of parking his car in the right neighborhood uh, for those who've been successful? I love the 10 yards. That's That, to me, <laughs> I, I think you can get a 10-yard time and, and, and see success at any position because it's so quick off the line. Your uh, your lineman, your linebacker, your edge rusher, your wide receiver, running back. I mean, all of that. But that's not glamorous because if somebody says, "Oh, what was your ten yard time?" <laughs> it doesn't resonate. Where you go, "Damn, did you see how fast his ten yard time was?" Yeah, I mean, look for it is that way really in draft rooms when you're talking about linemen. When you're talking about offensive linemen, defensive linemen. For sure. I mean, that's the number. We don't really spend much time talking about the 40 on those big guys. We talk about that. Uh, you know, on corners, it matters. The 40 matters because you'll see guys who can get up to top speed quickly, but then they don't have that other gear, and you'll see receivers separate from them down the field. Same thing for wideouts. So uh, there's value in the longer distance with those skill players. Uh, but for the linemen, absolutely. I mean, that's all you really focus on is the 10. What is the number one topic in Indy? The Bears, um, you know, it's just, it's, it's, there's so many different layers to it, Dan. So normally you come into this thing and it's like, okay, this team has the first pick. They don't have a quarterback. Uh, you know, which one of these one, you know, one, two or three guys are, you know, who are we talking about here? Who are they going to take? And now you have the fields factor. You have the fact that they have the ninth pick as well. Um, and, and just kind of how all that stuff works together. And that is going to have the trickle down effect on the rest of the draft. So, um, that's, you know, when you're walking around the street and you run into buddies and stuff, uh, everybody, uh, everybody wants to know what the heck those guys are going to do. The Raiders GM, when asked about Devontae Adams, said he's a Raider. When the Bears GM was asked about Justin Fields, he was like, uh, you know, we're open, we're not sure, uh, want to do right by Justin. If you, if you want to commit to him, you can, and then the free-for-all begins for that number one overall pick. Yeah, I, do you, do you think I, they're moving on? I'm with you. I, I, I've been saying that from the, from the very beginning. I felt like this was this was going to happen. They were going to move on. Now, I would say, it, in terms of the odds, that I feel like it's eighty to ninety percent they are going to stick at one and they're going to take Caleb Williams, and the other ten to twenty percent is okay. Maybe they have they're, they're comfortable with one of these other quarterbacks, and they're comfortable maybe moving back within range to still get. Justin Fields' replacement, but I just the way that you know the way that it looked from the outside, and then I'm I'm waiting for polls to say something that's going to change my mind, and that didn't happen at all with what he said because you would come in there and say, Dan, look, we love Justin Fields, the the uh, the strides that he's taken. I mean, for us to go in a different direction, they would we would have to be blown away uh, to not stick with Justin because of how excited we are. It that, that did not sound like that no, yesterday. No, it did not. It did not. Uh, I brought up the potential for a new kickoff, adopting the XFL model. Mm -hmm. What do you think the realistic possibility is of something like that, too? You know, we had the biggest game of the year, and there were no kickoff returns. Um, 
what 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 would you do if you're going to try to incorporate something to start a game instead of starting a game with the touchback? Well, Dan, uh, full transparency, I've spent uh, a lot of time over the last several months watching the 330 guys here, and I, I haven't caught up on the XFL in a few years since it launched. So what is the XFL kickoff rule? Okay, they're going to have you separated by five yards. So the kicking team is going to be at your 35. Your receiving okay. linemen, all 10 guys are going to be at the 30. Okay. They can't move until the ball is fielded. Oh, interesting. So no run-up whatsoever. Yeah, you eliminate the runway. Yes. What do you think? I like that. I like that. And, and look, I, you know, calling the Charger games, it's become time where, you know, you, you kind of grab your water when they're <laughs> kicking off and just you know, make sure you're taken care of here and, and, and see who what personnel group's going to trot out onto the field. So I would like to see it become a play again. It's, it's impacted me just watching players, Dan. Like, I normally, when I watch the wideouts, and I'll go through and I'll look at their return yards and I'll, I'll go, okay, I'm going to watch all their returns. And I'm like, why? Why am I, why am I spending my time evaluating these guys as kickoff returns? It's not really a kickoff return anymore. Well, I wonder what we're going to do with the punt. Like, is the NFL yeah. going to somehow modify what you can do on a punt? Like, I, I don't know how far they're going to take this, but I do get concerned about that. Yeah. No, I, look, that's interesting. I, I, Again, I didn't see the XFL, but I think that is kind of a, a fascinating, com, uh, you know, kind of a way to combine things to make it more safe, but yet have uh, have it be a meaningful play. The punt thing, I don't know what the answer would be there. He's Daniel Jeremiah, NFL Network analyst and uh, Chargers radio color analyst. The quarterbacks who are going to show up, I don't know how many are going to uh, go through drills, but that could you be swayed with the medicals and you know the interviewing portion? more so than you see something on the field? Yeah, the most powerful, you know, uh, tool that would impact your draft stock is what happens with the medical because then it's not even – you don't even get to make the decision. You know, I've been in the personnel room where we finished meetings, you know, going into the combine, and I've seen the board and how we had it stacked up. And then you come back uh, for the next round of meetings in, in a first of April, and you go, "What happened to Johnson? Johnson was all the way up there. Like he's off. He's off. Like the medical stuff. He got completely taken off of our board. So that's you know that's the most impactful thing that happens down here this week. And I would say I was talking to some. I was talking to a GM yesterday about the interviews, and he was saying how you know how much can you get out of fifteen minutes with a kid. And I said, well, I don't know that they can convince you of anything or sell you on anything, but I, I have been in there, and he admitted he had to, where some, and it's very rare, people disqualify themselves uh, uh, rather quickly in a 15-minute interview, but that's rare. Okay, did you have any silly questions when you were doing these interviews? Um, I, yeah, I mean, I, the, my favorite one, I think I might have told you this before, but my favorite one was when uh, we had Pac-Man Jones in, and we asked him, I didn't ask him, but somebody in the room I hate the one to ten questions, but somebody in the room asked him, "How would you judge your hands on a scale of one to ten? And Pac-Man looked at his right hand and said ten, and then he looked at his left hand and said ten. He graded them individually, not collectively. <laughs> I like that. I like that. Uh, where's your second tier? Uh, you draw the line with the three: Drake May, Jaden Daniels, and Caleb Williams, and then there's a drop off. Yeah, for me, for me, yeah, there's a drop-off, then you get into the next three. So I feel like we have, you know, kind of a, a three-man battle at the top, and then I think kind of a three-man battle uh, for that next one uh, with McCarthy, uh, with Bo Nix, and with Penix. 
Um, and so that's the cool thing about this. You know, like we, we won't see the top three guys out there throwing at the combine, but there's other competitions taking place. And to be honest with you, Dan, I don't know who would you rather be. Would you rather be one of those three teams competing to go to a team that's picking first, second, or third? Or would you rather be those other three who are going to get a chance to go to better rosters, uh, you know, less pressure, more players around you? Like that, that we could have an argument on whether that's the uh, the better option there. Well, I, I think we've talked about it. I certainly have on, on the show that the reason why some quarterbacks are successful is they went a little bit later and went to a more mm-hmm. established team. And the coach, you know, look at Mahomes. If, if Mahomes goes to, you know, Carolina or whoever, you know, even this year, Patrick Mahomes yeah. in Carolina would not be Patrick Mahomes. He just wouldn't be. But you go, you got a Hall of Fame coach. They have some Hall of Fame uh, talent on that team, and you put in his talent. And, you know, that's what, when you're more successful. You're more successful sooner sometimes when you go a little bit later in the, uh, in the draft. Yeah, it's continuity, man. Uh, it's it's everything for those guys. And like I, I get asked the question about Caleb Williams all the time is like, can he be a you know, you know, maybe not Patrick Mahomes, but can he be like a Patrick Mahomes? Can he have you know, can he be that guy? I'm like, well, does he get to go sit behind Alex Smith for a year, get coached by Andy Reid for a year, and throw to Kelsey and Tyree Kill as he kind of gets his feet wet? I'd feel very confident in saying, yep, I'll stamp that one. That one's gonna happen. But you don't know what type of environment these guys are gonna go into. Well, there's a reason why these teams are picking high because they've had turnover. Maybe you don't have good ownership. Maybe, uh, you know, it's a new coach and offensive coordinator and, you know, all of those things. Also, they got rid of the cognitive test after what happened to C.J. Stroud. Um, Help me understand exactly, you know, was this a smear campaign with C.J. Stroud? You know, was it leaked to embarrass him or have him drop? Uh, You know, is is it, you know, strategy here? I think you probably. I think that's given whoever leaked it too much credit. I, I think a lot of times what happens is there's a weird relationship between, you know, coaches or even personnel who get access to this information, and um, they become friendly with reporters. And it's kind of, uh, you know, I'm not saying this is the motivation, but a lot of times it's, hey, you know, you're kind of helping me with, you know, contacts and helping me get my name out there and helping me. Hey, let me give you a little something. Yeah, how about this? Can you believe this? This kid got. You know, such and such on a test. Uh, and it's kind of just like a trade of, of information there. I, I don't think there was anything that was, uh, you know, oh, we're going to try and get him to fall in our lap and he's going to drop in the draft. I think it was something probably like that. Well, considering how C.J. Stroud performed, um, you know, maybe we you know reconsider that test. I know some agencies have <laughs> yeah. said we're not going to have our players take it. And, and yeah. you know, I feel bad, even the Wonderlick. I, I wouldn't take the wonder lick and I wouldn't take the cognitive test uh, because not everything is shared. So it's not going to be private. And then all of a sudden, you know, you're going to be the guy who got a nine on the wonder lick. You can't play football or, you know, you, your cognitive test was really low. You can't play. Mm-hmm. I, mean, I, I, I don't know. I, I, I understand the player's side of this. So I used to have to, at pro days, when you're scouting, you carry in your backpack a stack of Wonderlick tests. And the guys that hadn't taken them or hadn't been to the combine or at the pro day, you'd have to administer the test. So I come home from a pro day, uh, and I put my bag on the table, and I can't clean out my backpack, and these tests are on the table. My wife goes, what's that? And I go, oh, this is the Wonderlick test. I said, I'll tell you what. You sit down with a 12-minute test. You take it first, and then I'll take it after you take it. So my wife takes it, and uh, she gets like a – I want like a 37 or a 38, which is a really high score. 
I go, hey, that's great. She goes, okay, your turn. I go, no chance. I said, I've spent my whole life thinking you're smarter than me. I don't want it to be concretely proven. Didn't take it. Not happening. Yeah. So I didn't want to share that information with my significant other. I can imagine how other people must feel when it gets public. Okay, but does it really translate into anything when you're asking me these questions? Like, give me a, a for instance question. Uh, a lot of times it can be like the, the simple, you know, if you're leaving, you know, this city at this time and you're going 60 miles an hour or two hours from now, you know, that, that type of, that type of stuff. Um, I, I don't know. I, I've never, I've never been a huge believer in that. I've been on teams where some of our lowest scores on that because it would be on their draft card or, you know, they have gold jackets hanging in their closet right now. <laughs> so I, you know, I, I never bought into that, but I, I think people, Dan, and, and whether it's the, cognitive tests or whether it's a metric whether it's you know the gps data that we get now whether it's a stat that these guys have everybody's trying to find like the okay what's the code here what's the cheat code for how we figure these players out and it turns out there isn't one man it's not it's not a science there is not one you know data point there's not one question you get an answer and you're going to know who these guys are it's i mean I, I it's a it's a flip of the coin sometimes man you don't it's 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 difficult to figure out, and I think people have tried to find a shortcut, and there isn't one. I go back to when I was told um, about a quarterback, and um, this was uh, equipment manager, and he said, wait till you get a load of this guy. And I go, what do you mean? He goes, doesn't put in the time, doesn't put in the effort, and wasn't well-liked, and he's going to go high in the draft. And then yeah. I, I immediately thought, I wonder how often people do background checks from the standpoint of, you know, the, the equipment guy, team manager, any of those things. And I know that it puts them in a, in a tough spot, but you do want to find yeah. out about this guy somehow, some way. Hey, do your teammates like you? Like, it seems so simple. Your teammates like you. And um, mm -hmm. in this case, he proved to be correct in what he was saying about this player who didn't uh, turn out to be a successful quarterback in the NFL. Yeah, I've always found, like, these combine interviews – I would learn more about their teammates than I would about them individually because they're going to have all their canned answers. They've been training. They've had people telling them what to say to all these questions. But when you have a kid in from Texas and you say, hey, um, any of your teammates say anything at halftime when you were down, you know, by two touchdowns in this particular game, any of your teammates say, oh, gosh, the linebacker, you know, Smith came in and he was, you know, getting in everybody's face and got us going and blah, 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 blah. And I've learned more about his teammate than I did about him in that 15 minutes. Great to talk to you. Have fun there, and uh, we'll talk to you soon. I'm going to stress it 10 times this year, Dan. I like it. I like it. Thank you, buddy. Uh, Daniel Jeremiah, NFL Network analyst. Rich Eisen has the 40. I'm going to do the 10. Oh, you got to start preparing, though. No, I don't. Can you? I, mean, I would tap out at 8, probably. I wouldn't make it. Well, I'm going to coast. Right. Like, I'm going to do, like, Usain Bolt, where he looks over his shoulder. When I get to 8 yards, I'm going to be like, yeah, where are you? <laughs> I'm going to do the 10-yard dash. Take a break. Phone calls coming up <laughs> back call. after this. Fox Sports Radio has the best sports talk lineup in the nation. Catch all of our shows at foxsportsradio.com. And within the iHeartRadio app, search FSR to listen live. All right, everybody, game off. Let's pause here to talk more about Monopoly Go. I know what you're saying. Flag on the play. You've already talked about that. But there's just so much more good stuff in this game. In Monopoly Go, you can team up with friends for time tournaments where you work together to build up each other's boards. The more you win together, the more awesome prizes you unlock. 
And there's so much more to get. You can get unique stickers. You could trade with friends to compete uh, albums for big prizes. There's cool new playing pieces to travel the boards with. I was always a uh, battleship guy. You know, you get those pieces like there was the hat. There was the shoe. Oh, same. There was the I was always a battleship guy or the car. You know what, too? It's funny about a battleship. It's one of the only uh, Monopoly pieces that you find that's not just a household item. Wow, you know I haven't even thought about that. Yeah, most people oh, wow. don't have a battleship at home, but you have a car, you have a hat, you have a shoe, you have uh, all those things. Anyway, you could also get hilarious emojis for taunting friends when you smash their buildings or heist their vaults. That's always fun. Plus, Monopoly Go feels new and exciting every day with constantly changing tournaments and challenges. A ton include their own unique mini games like Digging for Treasure or a robot Pachenko machine. And there's always new timed events that will help you win big, like massive multipliers for everything you win or rent frenzies. There's always something fun to discover in Monopoly Go. So get off the bench and go download it for free right now on Google Play or the App Store. Game on. This episode brought to you by 20th Century Studios' Kingdom of the Planet of the Apes. Director Wes Ball breathes new life into the epic franchise set several generations after the last installment in which apes are the dominant species. As a ruthless king attempts to build his empire at the expense of the remaining human race, a young ape will fight for the future of apes and humans alike and embark on a journey that will redefine the planet. Kingdom of the Planet of the Apes. Enter the kingdom in IMAX, now playing, and in theaters everywhere. Get tickets now. Did you ever play the over-under game with your friends? You know, think I can eat that slice of pizza in under 30 seconds? Or I don't know, take over a minute to down a two-liter? Well, if you have, then you're going to love Pick 6. It's the new fantasy game from DraftKings, an official partner of the NBA. Here's how you play it during the playoffs. Pick between two and six players and choose if they will have more or less of a stat. Rebounds, points, assists, and more. Also, you track your picks, play against others for a shot to win at some big cash prizes. Download the new DraftKings Pick 6 app now. Use the promo code DPSHOW for a chance to win huge cash prizes. That's code DPSHOW. Only on DraftKings Pick 6. The crown is yours. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. 18 plus in most eligible states. Age varies by jurisdiction. Eligibility restrictions apply. Pick 6 not available in all states, including but not limited to Connecticut and New York. For up-to-date list of states, visit dkng.co slash pick 6 states. Void where prohibited. See terms at pick6.draftkings.com slash promos. I mentioned this starting the hour. Caitlin Clark plays tonight against Minnesota. And uh, moving in on Pete Maravich's all-time scoring record. But I mentioned Lynette Woodard, who uh, played at Kansas and then uh, played for the Globetrotters. And when she was playing and setting the all-time scoring record, there wasn't an NCAA. And uh, I think it was the AIAW, uh, perhaps, Paulie, if I'm uh, correct with that? Yeah, you are correct. And um, it, it, the AIAW, the Intercollegiate Athletics for Women, they changed in the 1982 season to the NCAA. So, Caitlin Clark is the NCAA all-time leading scorer. Mm-hmm. Now, Lynette Woodard missed the NCAA by one season. She played one more season at, Can- at Kansas. She also didn't have the three-point line, by the way. Yeah. But she, if she played one more season at Kansas, she would have overlapped with one year with the NCAA. Now, here's the thing that's unfair to her. Other people, like coaches um, Tara Vanderveer and Pat Summit, they coached in the AIAW. And their wins in the AIAW translated over to their overall record wins in their careers. Oh, I didn't know that. Right. So yeah. some people are saying that it's not really fair because she didn't play one year of crossing over that her stats don't come with because it's happened in other cases. 
Caitlin Clark has been unbelievable. But I think, you know, when you honor those who are breaking records now, just don't forget about those that, you know, came before the predecessors. And maybe somebody will tonight uh, mention Lynette and what she did. And, yes, she did play for the Globetrotters. And she obviously was a wonderful player, but uh, she should be recognized here. I saw where Jay Williams of the Mothership, did he say Caitlin Clark's not great yet because she hasn't won a championship? I think that was, were we on break when uh, he said that? And I'm thinking, well, there's a lot of lot of players in a lot of sports who aren't great then. Uh, Allen Iverson, not great. Dan Marino, not great. Charles Barkley, not great. Carl Malone, not great. I, if you want to say greatest of all time, that's fine. Okay. And if you're going to use that logic, if Jay is using that logic, then Brianna Stewart is the greatest college women's college basketball player of all time. Not even close. No argument. Can't be. She won four titles, and I believe she was most valuable player all four times they won the tournament. Right? Got to be the greatest of all time. Yes, Eden. Yeah, I think he was saying not that she's not great, but that she, you can't put her in the conversation of greatest of all time until you win a championship. Hmm. I thought he was saying he didn't use the word great yet. I thought he said goat. Oh, okay. Well, I want to be fair to Jay. I, th- I thought he said that he can't use the word great yet. Yeah, I, th- I thought it was goat, mm. but goat great. But mm. Could be. Yeah, he yeah. said that there's levels to greatness, and if you want to be considered one of the greatest of all time, you have to have championships. Well, I think if uh, she was on a uh, on UConn, she would probably have a title or two, or South Carolina, LSU. I, I mean, is, uh, who is it, Reese with LSU? Angel Reese. I mean, she transferred, but she went to LSU. I think she was at Maryland. So she could be in conversation before Caitlin Clark because she's won a title. Um, I get it that, you know, bottom line sports society, that we want you to win championships. But in some instances, I think you have to look at the context of how good you were when you played. I don't think I was a good, you know, a, a top-end basketball team. I think she makes them a top-end basketball team. South Carolina doesn't have any stars. South Carolina's the best team in the country. No name recognition. Lost all five starters from last year. But they are the favorites to win the title. Yeah, Paul. And greatness is an open conversation. What, what about greatness in lifting up a sport, lifting up a university, Iowa University, lifting up the sport of women's basketball? Yeah. There's a lot of people who have won titles who have not lifted anything and not captivated America. That's a different level of greatness. Your personal definition. The impact that she's had on her sport. Uh, it's like Steph Curry. If Steph Curry didn't win a title, but he still was Steph Curry, he'd still be the greatest shooter of all time. But you throw in the titles, now he can be at least in the conversation. He's in, in at least the room of greatest player of all time. You may not call his name for a little while, but he's still there because he won those championships. Yes, Paulie. You can make the case, and I'm not trying to overdo it here, so pump the brakes, is Caitlin Clark can be compared a little bit to Wayne Gretzky in changing direction of a sport or interest in a sport or uh, captivation of, of a, a true phenom. Mm-hmm. And, you know, if you saw what Gretzky did for hockey in America, now I, I don't, not equating it apples to apples, but women's basketball in the past four years, the ratings speak for themselves. Well, she's selling out buildings. I mean, when's the last time, you know, a student body stormed the court after a, a win? You know, where 10,000 people at Ohio State went to see her play. 
she has had a great impact. I don't think she's going to win the title this year. Um, you know, if they get to the Final Four, that'll be a monumental achievement there. Because they, Indiana's a good team, Ohio State's a good team. You know, there's other good teams just in the Big Ten. But her impact has been wonderful. Um, but I, it goes back to what I said before. Don't forget about the players who came before you. I'm not saying she's not remembering them. Cheryl Miller's probably the best female player I ever saw. Uh, but having seen her in person, but Caitlin Clark, I mean, that's that's a whole different level of impact on a sport. Cheryl's the first athlete I saw. I was like, wow, Cheryl can play. Final hour on the way. We'll check in with the Chicago Bears. We'll get to your phone calls as well. One more hour in the books to go. Dan Patrick Show. At Bed 365 we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. See for yourself when you sign up today and get $150 in bonus bets when you bet just $5. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. It's Freddie Prinze Jr. and Jeff Dye back in the ring. Wrestling with Freddie makes its triumphant return for an electrifying fourth season. Hey, Jeff, are you ready to rumble our way into an all-new season of Wrestling with Freddie? You better believe I have. I've been practicing my body slams, and I'm jacked. All right, don't go injuring yourself now. We'll be highlighting the best stories and matches of the week in wrestling from AEW, WWE, and have one-on-one -on -one talks with the best talents in the world of pro wrestling. Listen to Wrestling with Freddie on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Imagine you ask two people the same seven questions. I'm Minnie Driver, and this was the idea I set out to explore in my podcast, Mini Questions. This year, we bring a whole new group of guests to answer the same seven questions, including Courtney Cox, Rob Delaney, Liz Fair, and many, many more. Join me on season three of Mini Questions on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your favorite podcasts. Seven questions, limitless answers.